0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. What's up everybody, welcome back inside the horseshoe on the Monday after Ohio State 44, Penn State 31. That is the 40 year veteran Tim May. I am Spencer Holbrook. Tim, we were pretty, uh, well I, I was at least, pretty amped up after the game on Saturday. There was a lot to talk about, a lot to break down. It was an exciting time. Too much. There was too much, and so the, it's it's games like that where I'm grateful that we do a Monday show, uh, just just to get everything out, uh, rehash everything, but not really rehash. We're not just going to go line by line exactly what we did, but yeah, uh, a lot to get to on this Monday after Ohio State 44, Penn State 31. Tim, let's let's go ahead and break it down. Uh, you got to watch the film again after getting back from Happy Valley. I was able to watch the film again. What what stands out to you? In the aftermath of a double digit win against the number 13, now 16 team in the country?
1: Well, the first thing that stands out is I'm very modern. I watch video replays, not film. So that's the first thing that stands out. Thank you, out. Tim. <laughs> number two, get, there are games that come along. There are games that come along that are little novellas. They kind of like happen exactly the way you think they're going to happen and you move on. This was like a novel, the, the way this thing just kept, like war and peace almost. The, this thing had so many <laughs> chapters in it, it was crazy. Uh, the way Ohio State came out, you, th- you think gangbusters, JT Tui Moloow is giving them the opportunities to uh, make this a 21-0 game before you ever, before the, uh, the, uh, the, the students in the white section, they'll white out the white section of the strike part of that uh, stadium. That's not going to make sense to you until you listen to it three times <laughs> before they even sat down. Most, most of them would have been gone by the middle of the first quarter because it would have been 21-0. Ohio State did not take advantage no. of that opportun- those opportunities on the road, which turned it in to this ridiculous game that we watched. As crazy a game in many respects as you're ever going to see Ohio State trailing at halftime. And then just like they've done a couple times already this year, second half, you know, in, in some respects, it's almost good to see Ohio State struggle a little bit with the, with the running game because then they turn to the main event. Which is C.J. Stroud throwing the ball to these this ridiculous fleet of receivers, headlined this time by Marvin Harrison Jr., and that that was in essence the the difference in the game, along with the J.T. Tuimoloau and the defense making plays at vital times.
0: Yeah, Tim, that's what the 108,000 over there in State College paid to see was the, the Penn State defense get the Ohio State passing attack, and uh, they got to see it in the fourth quarter. Uh, yeah, we we all saw it. It was a. It was a master class on how to turn the switch. Um, I don't think Ohio State can quite get away with that. I was talking to somebody before the show.
1: Wait a minute, against Northwestern? You don't think <laughs> they can get away with that?
0: Before the show, I was talking to somebody. I'm not sure if Ohio State can get away with that against the Tennessees, the Georgias, the Michigans of the, of the college football world. But uh, Saturday was good enough. And to be able to turn it on and wow we've got some pigeons behind the score nuts uh to be able to turn it on you know the running game's not working well then you throw two passes down the field all of a sudden you get penn state spread out and then trayvon henderson's gone for 41 yards that's the passing game setting up the running game that we haven't seen the last two weeks uh then you've got that you know a couple the next drive uh for ohio state you you get a really long pass to a Meke Buka and then all of a sudden trayvon henderson's in the engine for a second time and so it's just you know there are just moments where you see this team flip a switch. And I don't know if I've ever seen a team be able to do it the way this one does.
1: This team has a superior passing game, an elite passing game, as good as anybody's in the country. Maybe uh, Tennessee is right there in that argument. Uh, You gotta do what you do best. And that's what Ohio State does. I mean, if you went in there with an average passing game on Saturday and that running game, Ohio State would have gotten beat by two touchdowns. Yes. But what separates Ohio State from Everybody else in the country, in my mind, uh, at this moment, is the ability to throw the ball. That's why, you know, this, you know, everybody got upset when Gene Smith said if they ever got to host a, 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 you know, a round of 12 playoff game, he'd want to see it done probably at Lucas Oil Stadium. The Hoosier Dome, and, no, he said. Well, he said Hoosier Dome. <laughs> we, I corrected him. But, uh, uh, you yeah, know, we all saw the video of the Hoosier Dome getting imploded. <laughs> but, but we both digressed. Uh, bottom line is you want to see them play on a fast track. I mean, this is a ridiculous circus of a passing game with, with, the, with the most accurate quarterback in the country throwing the ball, C.J. Stroud. There is no doubt about that if you just watch video like I do. You know, you crank up your film machine and you can watch the same thing. And I, I know you agree with me on that. There's nothing wrong. With being able to throw the ball better than anybody else. I mean, the the biggest difference on Saturday at Penn State was supposed to be their, their super talented, uber talented, as some people over there called it, uh, secondary going against that Ohio State passing game. It went against it. Uh, Marvin Harrison, Jr. showed you that why he's – Well, he's called Marvin Harrison Jr. because he's Marvin Harrison's son, but he also picked up all the other traits of Marvin Harrison Sr. and showed you put it on display. And then when you flip, I mean, right at the end there, a third, I wrote about it uh, uh, the next day or, or later that day. That third and 10 pass from C.J. Stroud to Marvin Harrison to keep that that drive alive, that was just classic football. That was classic, my guy's guy's better than you, my guy's throwing the ball's better than your guy, and my guy catching the ball's better than your guy because he could put trips to the left side, I think, in a bunch formation. Had Marvin Harrison, Jr., one-on-one with a cornerback. That's no contest. I'm not sure there's a corner in the country that could cover Marvin Harrison Jr. 101 because not only is Marvin Harrison Jr. good at catching the ball, he's good at running the route to get him open to catch the ball. And then C.J. Stroud throws a strike. Those are the kind of things that come to bear in a big time game. A lot of teams maybe won't even try that kind of move, won't even go uh, whole hog to their, to their passing game. But Ohio State has a passing game that can line up and play with anybody. And I've said this a million times, I'll say it a million and one. We've got a, a spectator here watching us, because uh, he might not have heard it. Uh, to beat Alabama, to beat Tennessee, to beat Georgia, you've got to not only be willing to throw the ball, you've got to throw the ball. Yep. And that's what Ohio State is willing and able to do, as well as anybody in the country, if not better. Yeah, Tim, we So I, I, this worry thing about Michigan, uh in four weeks and things like that i mean just go watch michigan's video this is going to be a hell of a game
0: yeah we've got a few more weeks until that showdown tim but the thing about marvin harrison jr that stands out to me is his first ever start i believe was in the rose bowl against utah and he was lined up on clark phillips who is known as one of the best corners in the country well you saw how that turned out he was lined up saturday against joey porter jr one of the best porters. Not corner? all day,
1: but, but sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. You saw how that turned out. Yeah. He's one of the best corners in the country. You can't, and the Kalen King kid, who is going against a lot, also we'll is considered end up being, one of the one of the elite corners in the country.
0: Good luck guarding him, is yeah. what I'm saying. Like, Marvin Harrison Jr. just gets open, and they call him Route Man Marv for a reason. Uh, that name, it, it it's well worth. It resonates. Yeah, it resonates. There you go. Thank you for, for helping me with that word, Tim. The thing that that really stands out to me about this passing attack and about what Ohio City does is you know they ran the bubble screens ad nauseum. I think if there were hundred and two thousand people in here watching that, they would have been booing by the third one uh, and maybe justifiably so,
1: yeah. but I was almost booing and i 'm <laughs> covering the I, game objectively, but oh. I kept saying, why are you do? why do you why are you continually doing this and then ryan Ryan day gave us i 'm not, I'm not sure this wasn 't tongue and cheek he said he was he didn't use this term, but it was like rocking the boat. He was trying to get the Penn State defense to run all the way over on that side to chase it and then all the way over on that side. But really what was happening was the two the two wide receivers in front of uh, Emeka Egbuka almost every time were missing their blocks, and he's getting canned there for no gain or one yard. I mean, uh, it wasn't working. They tried to run wide, run wide a lot. It wasn't working. That was playing right into the hands of Penn State's fast, but I don't think as stout up front defense. And I – I didn't understand that approach. It reminded me of Ohio State against Clemson in 2016 uh, out there in the Fiesta Bowl. I'm, I'm, you know, when they all, all Ohio State had was Curtis Samuel. They kept doing all this wide stuff. He was playing right into Clemson's uh, strength of his defense. And uh, that's what was bothering me. Is And they never got away from it well, in the first half uh, of Saturday, in my opinion. At least far enough away from it where you couldn't smell it anymore.
0: So there's two... Trains of thought there, Tim, and I kind of wanted to get into this a little bit, but not a lot, because this isn't a scheme show. If your running game is not working, and you're only getting one or two yards in the running game, and you're getting negative one yard in the running game, that's not making anybody move sideline to sideline on that defense. No, that's but if what you, I just said. But if you want to continue to do those short yardage things, at least those bubble screens get a linebacker pursuing to that side of the field, to this side of the field. And then you saw them hit over the middle with Marvin Harrison Jr., that deep end. You saw them hit over the middle with Cade Stover, a little bit Mitch Rossi. And so I do agree with Ryan Day. It does keep a defense on its toes because all of a sudden you're running out to get to a Mecca Ibuka, even if it's a negative one yard or one yard gain. Yeah. And then they hit you up the middle with a run and your linebacker is tired. Or then they hit you over the middle, the intermediate stuff that C.J. Stroud is becoming just super, super proficient at. And then a linebacker is tired, and that can get play to your advantage. The other side of that coin is yeah, but they,
1: a, they both ran about the same amount of plays, but, like 65 or yeah. so plays. I mean, I'm not sure anybody was like worn out, you no, know, on either side of the field.
0: The other side of that coin is it's a wasted play that didn't work, <laughs>
1: and right throw it. That's in, my point.
0: If it doesn't work the first three times, throw it in the garbage and run Trayvon Henderson up the middle for negative one. If that's what you want to do, I. I'm not going to question Ryan Day's play no, calling. No, but the reason they as... were in the
1: predicament they were in is they were running stuff like that in the first half, and that's they weren't effective at all in you know yeah. on a consistent basis on offense. That's that's what bothered you. I kept expecting them you know, like the third time they lined up with trips or, or a bunch left or a bunch right, you know, fake that throw back to the back side, which is sort of what they did on the uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. play, which kept that drive alive that third and ten in the second half. I mean, you've got one on one. You're trying to create a one on one matchup. Uh, for these receivers, you got that, you know, finally in the game. They did play off of that from earlier, but did they really? I mean, it was just, you, you know, you got you to gotta send uh, defenders over there to cover a bunch formation with three guys in it. My, my point was I, I thought they were going to get to that a lot earlier in the game plan than they did you know and yeah. uh, that's that's what bothered me i don't want to get mired down in this but but that's why it was the game it was at halftime that's why Ohio State was trailing at halftime it had found nothing it could hang its hat on offensively in the first half
0: yeah and you know our job actually is to question Ryan Day's play calling if it's if we think that something's odd so you know i i say that i'm not going to question Ryan Day's play calling in a sense of you know i'm not going to be the one to say hey you shouldn't be doing that because they obviously had an offensive game plan that involved that and then you did end up seeing when Ohio State decided it was time to send Mecca Obuka down the field, uh, Tim, it paid off. Um, I think he had four catches for negative two yards yeah. and then he ended up with six catches for 53 yards. That tells you that you could have probably went to that well much sooner. Maybe it had a little more water in it than you thought Yeah. Uh, because they found him over the top on a play that they probably could have ran in the second quarter. Instead, they ran it in the fourth quarter to seal the game. Right. And then you see, well, you probably could have done it with Mecca before. We probably also could have done a lot of things with Marvin Harrison Jr. before. If they wanted to, Marvin Harrison could have had 20 catches for 360 yards instead of 10 catches for 180 yards. He was. Th- these receivers were that good when they were put in a position to succeed.
1: Yeah. Marvin, Marvin Harrison Jr. also showed his toughness getting hit on that, on that one play, leaving the game and coming back, what, a couple of Yeah, dangling that arm. Later his right arm, and, of course, he didn't extend for that uh, pass down the sideline. Um, and I'm going, oh, no, he's really hurt. Well, he comes back in the next series, and he does what he does. But uh, it turns in these great games, these great matchups, these like matchups when you're playing like personnel. Yeah. I'm not saying Penn State is as totally talented as Ohio State, and I don't think they are. But when you're playing like personnel, it these games dissolve into somebody making some big plays. And you saw <laughs> – Penn State runs a little hitch to a guy, uh, a little curl route, and Tanner McAllister and I, th- I think it was J.K. JK Johnson yep. were both there. The guy slips out of both their both their arms. Ohio State had sold out with a blitz. Lathan Ransom up the middle, and boom, that guy goes for a touchdown. Those are the kind of plays that keep a keep a team in a game, just like the, the, the throw to Cade Stover that was supposed to get about maybe 10 or 15 yards and he runs through three tackles <laughs> to the end zone. Those are huge plays. That's what makes the difference in these kind of games. That's why Ohio State has a shot, you know, uh, projecting from this. Ohio State has as well-rounded, forget about a big-time passing game, has as well-rounded a passing game as anybody in the country with Cade Stover involved. I mean, he's been the real from a tight end standpoint, he's been the breakout guy nationally this year, in my opinion. Whether he's getting the right the the right run that he should be getting, uh, that's for other people to say. I don't think he is. Uh, but the bottom line is that that's what makes Ohio State potent. You think you got him, you think you got him, and then this passing game rolls out. You know, whatever whatever you want to put it on, you know, whatever airplane you want to put in the thing. I would say an F-22 fighter. Uh, they roll out this Air Force, and you can't stop every bit of it.
0: No, Tim, and that's that's the offense. That's the story of the offense is you can only do it for so long, and I had said before the game, Penn State's going to have to do it for 60 minutes. I said that to a couple of our Penn State guys over at On3. They couldn't do it for 60 minutes. They can no. do it for about 45, maybe 48, maybe 50, but you've got to do it for 60 minutes against these Buckeyes. Uh, Tim, as we switch Wait over. Minute,
1: but everybody's also upset that Ohio State didn't get a running game going like Michigan did against Penn State. Michigan and Ohio State are different.
0: Matchups are different, Tim. Yep. No,
1: yeah, just – I'm just stating that for these folks who yeah. keep going. Well, they have no shot on November the 26th against this formidable physical Michigan team. Ohio State's in the game last year up there at Ann Arbor and then blew it in the second half. And granted, the physical nature of that game did take over. Ohio State is better on defense this year than it was a year ago. Much better in my opinion. Uh, and then offensively, yeah. They've gotten stoned the last two weeks. Well, well, both both Iowa and, and Penn State sold out to really stop the run. Yep. These last two weeks, Michigan, we'll see we'll see what its uh what its approach is whether whether it can stop the run without selling out. You know that's going to be an interesting game to watch. But people are already projecting Ohio State having no chance because of the physical nature of Michigan. When in fact Ohio State beat Penn State about as well as Michigan did.
0: That is a. A little bit of a peek ahead at about three or four weeks from now. Uh, Ohio State still has three games before then. Ohio State's defense still has three or four, three games before then to kind of shore some things up. I thought the defense played well on Saturday, Tim, but uh, corner is still a concern um, with Cameron Brown being uh, still out. J.K. Johnson still being kind of green. Uh, I thought I didn't think he played poorly, but I think that there are, there's certainly room for improvement for him. Uh, we didn't see a lot of Jordan Hancock. Uh, I'm assuming that he is still working his way back. He did play uh,
1: some, though. No, that was key.
0: A healthy number seven will be very good for Ohio State because I think he's going to be one of the breakout stars of November for this defense if he is available for a majority of the snaps. And Cameron Brown is not. The missed tackle, you have those. Yeah, but it when happens. You, but when you have one on a long touchdown run that, you know, Tanner McAllister knows this better than anybody on this defense. If Jim Knowles calls an all-out blitz, got to make a tackle. So there's one. Tommy Eichenberg, that fourth down in the, in, down near the Hit end zone. Hit him in the backfield. Hit him in the backfield. That's a tackle you've got to make. There was another fourth down uh, in, in Ohio State territory. In Penn State territory. Penn State went for it. Tommy Eikenberg had Sean Clifford in the backfield. Didn't make the tackle. Tommy had 15 tackles. He played really well. Those three moments, though, are the kind of moments that a defense will look back on in a playoff semifinal or a national championship and say, man, we had him. You know, you think about that 2019 Ohio State-Clemson game. If if three guys who are converging on Travis Etienne on third and goal corral him, uh, you know, I think it was Tyler Friday, uh, Jeff Okuda, and the surest tackler under the sun, Jordan Fuller, if they tackle him, and, and stop them on third and goal. Maybe they're kicking the field goal and you got a different game.
1: Those well, are the. Mean, do you, do you remember how it was raining a few minutes ago and now it's not raining? Yeah. The rain stopped. I mean, you can't go back and. No. What you I, can't go back and replay these things, number one. Number two, you do learn a lesson. I mean, T- Tanner McAllister and J.K. Johnson took, them both, took themselves both out of that. Yeah. Tack- they were there. They had two guys to tackle this. Sometimes the other guy makes a play. Yeah. I mean, just like that running back slips right through Tommy Eichenberg's arms, Tommy Eichenberg's been a sure tackler. As you've seen in the country this year yeah. from that linebacker position, I don't think he had the greatest of games on Saturday. Even though he had he had Buku tackles, uh, 15. He was in on 15 tackles. Uh, I don't think he had the greatest of games. But sometimes you just it happens. And but the the point I guess I would make is those guys were there to make the play, and they didn't. That that's that the happens. point. That I, that's
0: the point. I know, that but I was... You
1: can't go back and have them make it now. They just learned that lesson. Uh, you know that's what that's where you move on from those situations. I mean, Grant. I mean, Alabama. If you watch them play, they've missed beaucoup tackles. I guess it'll be my word for the day. Uh, Tennessee's defense, uh, in my opinion, on Saturday was as good a defense as you're going to see in the country, as you saw in the country on s- this past Saturday when they just shut down Kentucky for the most part. Uh, but they didn't just shut down Alabama, which I think is good on offense, but not great on offense this year, especially with Bryce Young banged up. But those plays happen. And I, and I think a team, you go back and you go, okay, make that tackle next time. Of course. Tommy Eikenberg's already thinking that as soon as that guy's out of his arms. You understand what I'm saying? And I just think people dwell on the stuff that happened instead of looking at the overall picture. The overall picture was Ohio State did win by double digits at Happy Valley, a win by one point there because we've seen weird stuff happen over there in that stadium, especially in the whiteout situation. But we've, I've seen weird stuff happen when it was daylight, like in uh, 1994, Ohio State gets to be 63 to 14. The Black Sox scandal, as we call it, because the players wore black socks for unity, and there was no unity at all. Uh, and then they go back over there in 95, and Ricky Dudley makes the greatest catch of his college career, former basketball player, down the middle that keeps a drive going, and uh, Ohio State ends up beating Penn State at Penn State in the, in the daytime. And Ricky Della becomes a first-round draft pick, basically off of that play. You're, you're, I mean, stuff happens. You learn from it and you move on. I think this defense was in pretty good position most of the game on Saturday. You agree with that? I, I do. I thought uh, they had good, good stuff called, but occasionally the other guys make a play.
0: The point I guess that I was trying to make, Tim. To I got to get some oxygen. The point I guess that I was trying to make, Tim, to is you can be in position to make those plays, and I think against a quarterback not named Sean Clifford those are the kind of plays that can cost you a game, is all I'm saying. And so, so I think this defense played well, but there's going to be moments on the film, uh, the, the videotape, sorry, not the film, where they look back and they say- Wait, you're still using videotape? (laughs)
1: <laughs> where they look back and say what there are plays on the hard drive tim that they yeah, pull up go. with
0: the click of the mouse on the ipad or whatever and uh there you go. they they figure out you know those are the kind of plays that we have to, like, if you're in position to make that tackle on parker washington that's a tackle you have to make well, on, it on. and I, I know it sounds obvious i'm just there's there's reasons to talk about this defense that aren't just well they force four turnovers because
1: yeah, well that for the turnovers, they been in a world of hurt. A I better
0: a better quarterback not named Sean Clifford. The difference in the game, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, is one team had C.J. Stroud and J.T. Tui-Moloow. One team had Sean Clifford, and the team with Sean Clifford, surprisingly enough, did not win. Yeah. And uh, that's that's kind of the story of Sean he, Clifford against Ohio State. What
1: if he'll have a poster up on his wall of J.T. Tui-Moloow? No. Uh, <laughs> no. He'll have a poster in his mind of J.T. Tui-Moloow, because that was about his one guy – Ruining another guy's Saturday as you're gonna you're gonna get in college football. It was I mean it was nuts JT Tuamola and the thing about it we've been waiting for this to happen for a year and a half I mean a season and a half, you know, he shows up in July of, of, of 2021 last got a sign, you know had to make up his mind He wasn't in what I'd call great football shape to play college football because he hadn't gone through a Mickey Moratti winter, you know, a program, etc. You can see where the Mickey Marotti uh, approach of Ohio State's football performance co- coordinator has made just ridiculous strides with him from a physical standpoint. Uh, and then on top of that, his football acumen for a defensive end, in my opinion, is off the chart. The way, the way he plays, plays, etc. You, you and I have been watching him in, from the press box forever. He's just been that close to have Quarter a, of a like second, this Tim. all year. And it finally blew up right in Sean Clifford's face.
0: Yeah, Tim, you know, JT claims his favorite play, which is fine. It's his personal opinion, was with the one he batted is Zach Harrison. Well, it the started most it a- off. The most athletic play was the obvious pick six, where Clifford was trying to fire a dart, and he kind of just snatched it out of the air. I, I, I'd like to think he, he gives a little credit to those gloves. It
1: was like uh, a little Mack here against Braxton Miller back in watching, whatever that was.
0: Watching back over the game, though, Tim, I think I was the most impressed with the strip sack in which a Division I right tackle does one kick step and JT Tuimolo has a right arm in his chest with one arm is pushing him back, switches arms, keeps him at distance, and swats it out of uh, Clifford's hand. That was so big. Tackle. Doesn't know where the ball is and has the wherewithal to turn around and realize that the ball is behind him I so. and jump on it. He was... Whatever yeah. words they used on College Football Final or any show that you watch to describe the College Football Weekend, whatever a- adjectives they used, he was better than that. I, you know, I, I, I've never I, seen a defensive performance like his.
1: I'm getting chills because I wrote, you know, I wrote a little story for us for Letterman Rowe. Uh, that's the, I mean, I put a little first person in it only because that's the greatest performance by by a defender that I've seen. I've seen some great plays. Great two or three plays by defenders for Ohio State yep. over the last what 39 seasons I've been covering this team, but I've never seen it on a continual basis. He was a factor even on plays where he didn't make a play, where he didn't make the play. Yes. just like the week before, and Brian Day brought it up. He's the guy that bothered Petrus on that pass that Petrus ends up throwing the ball from a panic situation right to Tommy Eichenberg, who catches it and cuts right there at the five yard line, goes in for a touchdown. I mean, he's been part of two uh he's been part of two pick sixes in the last two weeks for this Ohio state defense you remember you you were asking and other people were asking can these turnovers come in in bunches and and jim knows kind of laugh because you never know what play is going to play you know yeah who's going to call he said
0: call the turnover play
1: yeah call the turnover play (laughs) 10 turnovers in the last two weeks is a big time stat yes but generated by this ohio state defense a huge stat against the best it comes in handy when you're playing against the best defense they've gone against this year so far which was iowa mm-hmm. and a defense that's right up there in my opinion i'm talking about penn state's defense bothered ohio state in a lot of ways on saturday uh especially when Ohio state was insisting on running the ball uh you know into that piece of oak you know it's hard to drive a nail on a piece of oak uh they finally went outside and, and, and went with a buzzsaw which is marvin harrison jr emeka Egbuka, uh cade stover Julian Fleming, et cetera. Mitch Rossi. Well, that was one catch, but it was huge. Yeah. You know what I mean? But but to me, it's just like this defense didn't have his finest hour, didn't have his finest three hours on Saturday at Penn State. It was a
0: Fox game, Tim, it was four hours. Yeah,
1: (laughs) four, yeah, three and a half, it seemed like 12. Uh, But moments-wise, Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's right up there with any moment in Ohio State history.
0: And they were in position to make the other plays. You know, two of Parker Washington's biggest plays were the the pass where he laid out. That's just a great catch. You took your hat. The other one was a hitch route where they should have made the tackle. And so, you – Stuff you don't, happens, you man. can't strip those away, obviously. Remember the Notre Dame game. I said, other than those two plays they didn't give up anything. You can't strip those out, but also you learn from those, and you realize, hey, maybe we didn't play as badly as 31 points allowed might suggest against that Penn State offense that had four turnovers and still put up 31 points. You know, you can see that they did not play like that. Now, moving forward. Tim.
1: They were for, well, 44-24, exactly. and of course uh, they went into this ridiculous pre bank <laughs> yeah. defense. I they don't did. even know what that was. It was like, here, you can have 45 yards, Yeah. When, and, and Penn State said, okay, we'll take it.
0: Yeah, there were, there were celebrations I already. I did get that part. Like I said on the field at, at Beaver Stadium on Saturday, the celebration was already well underway at 44-24. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if there you were. You know
1: what else stood out was when I was leaving, an hour and a half, two hours after the game, how many people were still partying over there tailgating oh yeah 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 that tailgate's the real deal over there and win or lose they're gonna party
0: yeah penn state uh I will compliment Tim. I don't think any Penn State fans are going to watch this video, but that the crowd was awesome. It was my first time over there for a noon game. The press box was still shaking like I've always seen from so many people in the past. Yeah. That place shakes. Uh, it's really rickety, uh, but it's a really cool place. And like like you said, the party was was not stopping just because Penn State
1: got beat. Wait going you get to Ryan Field this weekend. Go ahead now.
0: And that's where we transition to Ryan Field, Tim, for an 11 a.m. local kickoff. We've against got a
1: Northwestern fan uh, in our Nor- proximity The right Northwestern Close proximity. Wildcats. Yeah. Uh, Tim. Wow. A one They beat in s- Nebraska in the season opener in Dublin, Ireland, and you're thinking, man, wow, there might be something going on here. You knew there was something going on with Scott Frost after that game, but there might be something going on here. Wow. Southern Illinois must be good.
0: There's definitely something going on. They're one in seven. They haven't won on American soil since 2021. That's
1: exactly right. Uh, That's a good way of
0: putting it. Tim, they were six and two in the COVID year, uh, but I think that was more of a organizational. We're better hey, organized than you are. They got there. I, Non-COVID year, 2019 to now, they're three and 19 in conference play. This is a program, from the looks of the outside. That appears to start to be in a little bit of a decline. You know, Fitzgerald usually has one or one year off, one year on, one year off, one year on. you're not seeing that right now from from this program. Ohio State's gonna go over there as a thirty six point favorite according to to Circus Sport. Um well, not, have you ever been there? You ever been to Circus I, Sport?
1: I've I have mean, their to, their sports book is is phenomenal.
0: Not a sponsor.
1: Right. Tim. Well, okay. I'm oh, sorry. Not a sponsor. Right. Uh Ryan it's Field, crazy, though.
0: Ryan Field will be the site of that, though the grass will probably be about this high. Tim, trying to slow down this Ohio State passing attack, I don't think it'll matter. Um, the Northwestern offense is not very good. Uh, it's going to be interesting to break it all down this week. Um, but the Buckeyes, the the name of the game the next two weeks, especially I won't include the Maryland trip because that's a road trip the week before Michigan. Maryland is potent. But the game, the next, the game, the name of the game, easier for me to say. The next two weeks, go to Northwestern, take care of business stay healthy come home against a terrible indiana team take care of business stay healthy get to the final two weeks of the season undefeated and then you roll you roll the guys out there and see what happens um
1: take care of business is something you can do staying healthy you got to go like this yep because on any football play a guy can get you're you're starting whatever alignment, lineman name him can get rolled up on and suddenly you're yep. scrambling. No, you're exactly right, but you can't you can't necessarily forecast that. Yeah. I didn't mean to jump in there with no, an explanation. But yeah, <laughs> you just wanna you just wanna keep on keeping on. You wanna play some guys if you can early in those kind of games to prevent that to prevent those to take yourself out of jeopardy to a certain extent. Yep. You know, if you can. But no, you're exactly right. It's all about maintaining and this is Ohio this is what you're leading up to. Ohio State has no chance to impress anybody until at least the Maryland game. Uh, CJ Stroud has no chance to really make a lot of hay in the Heisman Trophy race right now, except for the Maryland game and in Michigan and possibly the uh, Big Ten Championship game. A-, a lot of things, Ohio State's kind of go kind of under the radar, but from the standpoint of somebody not watching the radar screen the next two yeah. weeks, you know? Whereas, you know, Hendon uh, Hooker has these marquee games coming up, man, in this Heisman Trophy race. It's crazy. I mean, they play Georgia, you know? They're going to play in the probably SEC championship game if they get past Georgia. Right on down the line there are all these 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 opportunities for him to make strides for Tennessee to further its stance and where it's, you know, from the standpoint of a top three, top five top five team and stuff. So you're right, Ohio State just needs to maintain, get to the Maryland game, be impressive, play, play Michigan, take care of business, and move on to the Big Ten championship game. There's a lot at stake, though, over the next four weeks, uh, which, It's kind of funny the way college football works, but it is the way it works.
0: It's kind of funny, Tim. Hannon Hooker has two statement games coming up, and then I think plays South Carolina and Vanderbilt to end the season where he'll just be stockpiling stats. Uh, CJ Stroud's got two stockpile stats games, and then he gets to make his statement the two weeks after that. So it's kind of flip-flopped as this Heisman Trophy race enters the the home stretch. Um, Tim, it's going to be interesting to try to break down this Northwestern game just because of of the lopsided nature of what it is. and, you know, maybe Ohio State goes in there a little sleepy, but over 60 minutes to, to, to envision this Ohio State team struggling with a Northwestern team that has not even shown a, an American pulse this year. Um, it's going to be interesting. So I'm anxious to get over there to see how this Ohio State team responds. Second straight road trip uh, in a, on a sleepy Saturday morning.
1: Um, I'm Let me put it this way. Iowa threw the ball on this Northwestern defense. Iowa. Iowa that Iowa offense threw the ball on Northwestern.
0: I think it's time for a Brian Ferentz contract extension. No,
1: I'm just saying <laughs> keep in mind what's going, rolling in there on Saturday morning at noon. It's going to be it's going to 11 a.m. their time, 11 a.m. central time, uh, C.J. Stroud and company. Uh, yeah, you, you, know, you don't go. we'll talk about this later in the week. Uh, you don't want to say name your score, but there will be targets of opportunity all day long in this passing in this passing game for Ohio State if, in fact, it decides to use its Air Force.
0: We've got four or five more days to break it all down, Tim. We'll have full coverage of all of that at lettermanroad.com. Tim and I will both be in Chicago. Evanston. Sorry, not Chicago. Uh, yeah. Tim and I will both be in Evanston. Matt Parker will be in Evanston. But it is uh, Chicago's Big Ten team. That's debatable, Tim. We'll have the <laughs> – well, will have a full four-person crew from Letterman Row in Evanston for Saturday, Ohio State Northwestern at noon, but this is the Monday after, Ohio State 44, Penn State 31, that's the 40-year vet Tim May. I am Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching, listening. Make sure to hit the little bell underneath. Subscribe to the videos. You get a notification every time we produce one of these fine videos, and you can get all of our coverage at LettermanRow.com, $1 for an entire year, Tim. Uh, the championship. Merry
1: Christmas that would be.
0: The championship chase is on, Tim. There's no better place to follow it than LettermanRow.com. Again, Tim. Tim, Spencer, Ohio State 44, Penn State 31. Uh, We'll have full coverage this week at LettermanRoad.com. We'll see you guys there.
1: Hello, it is Ryan, and
0: we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil.